Welcome to At The Table with Darlene. Good evening. Welcome to At The Table with Darlene. We are so glad that you are joining us this evening. I hope you've had a wonderful week. And I really am excited that you are listening to us because I believe that what we're going to share tonight is something that uh, we hear about a lot in our society. We hear a lot about it in, in almost every family that is being touched one way or another by a drug addiction. And uh, we're going to talk to someone that means so much to us, and uh, I know that you are going to enjoy her. But before we get to that introduction, I'm going to introduce who's at the table tonight. We are expecting one other person to come in, and, and uh, because Chris invited him. So you can guess, listeners, who that is. He'll come in with a bang. Come in with a bang, yes. We'll be disappointed if he doesn't. But sitting to my right is Tiffany. Tiffany, I'm glad that you made it today. I had a great week, right? Yes, absolutely. Happy to be here. And sitting across from us is Chris Norman, which is our executive producer. That sounds really important because he is really important. And he has on his, what do you got? You've got your hat. You've got your Missouri hat. I didn't even know what I was wearing. Yeah, and then you have a Missouri Baptist t-shirt on oh yeah it's one of my old nursing shirts yeah there, yeah. You, there you go mm-hmm. it's a man of many talents sitting across from us and we're so grateful for you chris yep. and we have time. two chris's on here tonight the one <laughs> that i'm getting ready to introduce is our next to oldest daughter chris martin and chris I'm so glad that you're with us tonight thank you i i'm very um i would be lying if i said i wasn't nervous but i'm nervous but i'm excited because um I feel that this is just a, a, a perfect time. Yes, because the story that that you are living and your husband is living and your family and and of course our precious Brianna, uh, it, it's you know you're living this and there's so many parents and so many people that are listening and they they can say, I I want to know more because we are living something very similar. And so tonight we really want to have that opportunity to give you a chance to kind of tell your story uh, with Brianna. And we're hoping to have Brianna really, really on soon. Uh, how many weeks now and how long has she been? Uh, she Brianna? has been home um, since July 21st. So um, however many weeks that has been. Because today, yeah, July 21st is when she came back to us um i would say about a week after that she um everything was out of her system so i've I've had my daughter back roughly since the uh, end of july yes and we're so grateful and so thankful for that and we know every day is is a a new day an exciting day and a lot of things are happening up and down but but right you guys are warriors and and uh, you're going to see this through and so is brianna so uh, first of all, I just kind of like to ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about the journey with Brianna and sure. when when you all first discovered that Brianna was uh, dabbling a little bit into some kind of drugs. Sure, absolutely. So just like any other um, American family, we thought that things were great. We had a son, a daughter. They were both in high school. They were just a year apart in school. 
Um, and we thought that that was from the outside looking in. We were this perfect little storybook family, mom, dad, son, daughter, two dogs, you know, regular, just American family. And I'll never forget, it was the weekend of July 4th, um, the year that Brianna was 13. So right before she turned 14, I guess, um, we had gotten a call that she had been hanging out with a family member and they had gotten busted smoking some weed in the backyard. And my first thought was, no, no, not Brianna, because, I mean, my kids are perfect. They don't. But they would never do that. I could see them maybe having a cigarette because, well, you know, well, Sally was doing it. Or maybe my son would, you know, throw in a chew because Bobby was doing it or whatever. Um, but no, Brianna wouldn't smoke weed. So we drive over there and have a sit down with both families. And sure enough, Brianna had smoked some weed in the backyard. Hmm. We get her home and... Um, you want to talk about the wrath of dad. The wrath of dad comes down pretty hard and I she's imagine. grounded for weeks. And you all know Brian. So um, <laughs> the wrath of Brian was not pretty. So she was grounded for a couple of weeks. And we talked about why you don't do that and it can mess up your life. And um, But for just a moment, I want to pause because I know that so many people say, well, it's just weed. Mm -hmm. It's just marijuana. Mm -hmm. It can lead to so much more. Well, I'm, I, I'm not you, saying um, that yeah. I'm not saying that medically it's not what the doctors are prescribing and needing for certain patients, but for recreational, it can lead to so much more. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that, Chris, because I think that was a good pause to pause upon because so many times innocently kids do it because it's fun. It's the thing to do. Right. And, exactly. and that's how it started, because when she started. Obviously, she did not intend to become an addict. And so right. that exactly. was a start. Okay. Thank you exactly. for saying that. And so many people say, you know, again, well, it's just weed or it's just, you know, it's just a little pot. What's it going to hurt? Well, for someone who doesn't have that addictive personality, it might be a different turnout. But why test the waters? Why? How do you know if you have that addictive personality? Because in a lot of cases, you don't know until you're too far right. and that's what has happened with brianna so she was like i said she was 13 and we thought we were over that and we actually were until um we fast forward to her senior year so it's 2013 2014 okay that was her uh the fall of her senior year senior year spring right okay. Now, we had gone through all through high school not having any issues with that we knew of, I should say, of so her she having was a, drug she, issues. She or was in the drink. seventh or eighth grade when she first tried the marijuana. Yes, because she okay. was 13. Okay. Yeah, she was 13. So um, she had gotten really skinny, and I, again, I knew she had gone through a really bad breakup. She'd been with this boy since middle school and... You know, I thought maybe, okay, it's a breakup thing, and she's just not eating. She's losing a bunch of weight, and erratic behavior started, but I, again, she had, she was working, you know, 35 hours a week, going to school full-time. Was I putting too much pressure on her? Was she putting too much pressure on herself? She's not eating. She's losing weight. What's going on? And we get through senior year by the hair of her chinny-chin-chin, and thank you to the principals at her school that... Um, listen to this mama cry and please let my daughter graduate. Please let my daughter graduate. Um, she had to 
buck up and do some things, but she ended up graduating. And that summer, it was July 24th of 2014. She was going to spend, she had spent the night on July 23rd with a friend. She was going to come back to the house. We were going to have the last day of summer together before I had to go back to work in August. We were just going to enjoy the day at the pool and just a mom-daughter day. I said, well, look, I have a dentist appointment, but be it, be it Jack in the Box at 10, we'll get what we want, and then we're going to go home and spend the rest of the day at home. So I call her that morning and no answer. And you and Tiff sitting in the room, you both know your mama's. Sometimes you just have that gut feeling, mm -hmm. and I just knew that something was off. So I called again, no answer. I'm texting her, no response. Um, and I know she has an iPhone, so I know she has it where she can read it. She hasn't read them yet. We go about two hours of me trying to get a hold of her, and she's two hours late now to meet me. And I, through some motherly investigating, uh, found out that she had stated of friend's boyfriend's house that night so i get over there i call the the friend's mom something's wrong they're not answering i'm going over there and so the other mom shows up with me our son zachary goes with me we're pounding on the doors nobody can answer i open the finally they open the door after probably 30 or 45 minutes and um and brianna is just strung out on something i mean i she can't even put two words together yeah. she's slurring um we it, it was kind of like a scene from cops if you will because i'm going crazy because i don't know what's going on to my going on with my daughter the other mom is going crazy on her daughter my son's going um pretty much crazy on the two guys that were there and um we get brianna in the car and I get her home, and she is cussing me out and slurring her words and calling me by my first name. And you think you're something special, don't you, Chris Martin? And you're just horrible, and you've never been a good mom to me, and all of this negative stuff that I know is not my daughter. Right. We get her uh, to the house. Brian shows up from work, and we start talking to her about what's going on, and she's can't, again, can't put two words together that you can understand. I mean, she's slurring them so bad that it's, um, I mean, I almost would have thought that she was drunk. Hmm. So we take her to a, a local mental hospital. They check her out. They, the first thing she says to them when she gets in there is that she, they're not allowed to talk to me. So I can't talk to them about anything. All I know is that she walks out of there high as a kite and says, are we ready? Let's get out of here. So we leave. And she passes out and sleeps for about six hours, wakes up, doesn't remember anything, tells me she's going to be late for work because she's thinking that it's like Tuesday and it's Thursday. Um, she, at that point, starts to threaten that she's just going to kill herself. So we get her back to the hospital and they check her out and they put her in an inpatient, I'm sorry, outpatient program, which I will tell you, Mercy Outpatient Program, they're intense. It's called an IOP. It's an intensive outpatient program, mm -hmm. and they are good. They are very good. Um, she went through that with flying colors. We celebrated 30 days clean. We celebrated 60 days clean. We celebrated one year clean. It was wonderful. She understood what she had done. 
they told us in the hospital that they have no idea how she was alive because when they tested her system, she had enough Xanax in her system to kill a 300-pound man. And at the time, Brianna was maybe 130 pounds, if even. Right. Um, she was pretty little. They said that they there were so many drugs mixed into that that they're not really sure what she took. Mm. She doesn't remember what she took. She just knows that someone handed her some pills and said, take these, and she popped them and took them. And that's how it started was senior year of high school. She would go in tired. Somebody would say, here, take this. And she would take it, trusting her friend, pop the pill. And next thing you know, she's... Poppin' Xanax and Adderall and the benzos, as they call them, and all of the opiates and everything she could get her hands on. And I've always said Brianna's drug of choice, which we call the DOC, is not a particular drug. Brianna's DOC is what you got. Because if you got it, Brianna's going to take it. Mm. And we've learned that through the years. Right. So we're going, like I said, we started this with 13. The overdose was in 14, and the doctors were amazed that she was still alive. And she told her testimony to many. In fact, came down to your church yes. and gave her testimony. And I'm not discounting her testimony because God brought her through it. It was a miracle. It was a miracle that that girl lived. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I and and to this day, at that at that moment in 2014, I thought this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. How am I going to survive this? But God brought her through it. God brought us through it, and we were on to bigger and better things. And in 2015, Brianna got pregnant. It wasn't the timeliest of things because she had been with the boy. She'd met him in rehab, and they'd been together just a little over a year. I wasn't thrilled about it, but I also know that God creates life. A man and a woman can create a life, but God has to breathe that air of life into a child. And God creates life. He brings that life into existence. So I didn't argue it. Uh, we had a beautiful little granddaughter in May of 2016. Gracie. Miss Gracie. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, life is going great. Brianna is living with us, with Gracie. We're raising her all together as one big happy family. And October 22nd, and I don't know why I'm so good with remembering dates. Sometimes I wish I weren't so good. But October yeah, I don't 22nd. Remember today's date, so that's amazing <laughs> to me. October 22nd, 2016, um, we had cleaned out Brianna's purse. We had found some, um, I had some reasoning to believe that she was taking Xanax again. So and you just noticed she, some signs. Is that why you did that, Christy? I, mean, I did. Something... I did. I noticed, yeah, I noticed some signs. She was working a job that required her to be awake late at night. And okay. then she was coming home and with a, a new, fairly newborn and, she was exhausted, and so she knew what to reach for, and that was the Xanax. Now, Xanax doesn't keep you awake, but it, um, whatever high it gave her, she had a really hard time breaking away from. And we found out that she did have her Xanax prescription refilled. We cleaned out her purse and found that she had stolen some pain pills from my, um, my mom and stepdad. And she had also taken some money from them. And it just, it blew up. I took Gracie from her that night and I left her at my mom's. And my mom said, you can't, you you can't stay here. I'm sorry. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Well, and that's the thing with addiction. Yeah, that's and, one, something I wanted you to stop and talk a little bit about, uh, Christy, and let those out there that are listening. Because 
they have children, they have situations. Uh, how, right. what do they do next in these so, situations? Exactly. And that's, that's what I was going to say is that if your child is, if you're, if they're showing signs that they're not acting quite themselves, don't discount it that it's necessarily just stress dig dig deep mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask and if they get mad at you because you ask well there's your sign mm -hmm. um they become very defensive they will lie they will steal they will cheat you out of anything and everything and please keep in mind i love my daughter more than anything oh, i my love goodness. my daughter yes. but i don't love the addict that my daughter had become mm -hmm. i don't love the addiction i don't love the lying and the cheating and the stealing, but she's still my daughter. Mm -hmm. And when your child is going through this, it's so hard to remember that this is not my child. This is the devil giving them this picture of what life could be like with, through addiction. And that's what they're focusing on. And that's not our child. Right. That's not our child at all. But yeah. we have to stand strong. And it's called, I mean, it, and I, Sometimes I really dealt hard with this one because I felt that I was doing the best for Brianna, but in reality, I was enabling her. I think I was when, when giving you, her an out. When you see changes, hi, Dad. hi, Dad, how Dad's are you? Here. I'm good. Uh, enjoying your chat. Uh, yes. When you see behavioral changes, instead of sticking the head, your our heads in the sand, I think it's important that uh, that parents do dig do some digging. And I've, oh, heard, yes. I've heard parents say, well, I will never go through her purse or I oh, will never go to. through the drawers in the bedroom. They just feel they like never not. I, I'm invading yeah, right. I'm invading their privacy. No. I will never check their phones because that's invading their privacy. But if, if you value that child, I think you have an obligation mm -hmm. to uh, inspect. Uh, right. I, I think we have a right to inspect what we expect. Absolutely. I will never forget the night standing in that kitchen and saying, give me your purse. Well, it's my purse. I don't care. Give me the purse. And she did reluctantly. Well, I, in fact, I want to say that maybe she even dumped it out on the table for us. And then there goes money flying, which I knew she didn't have money. There goes um, pills literally flying off the table that weren't hers. Um, and then when we started counting the pills that they were supposed to have in their pill box that the doctors had prescribed for them, they were missing 30 or 50 pills. I, I don't remember the exact number, but you have to push. You have to push. Yes. yes. And if they get defensive, let that be your sign that God brought you to that point to check them. God gave us a responsibility with our kids. And just because they're 18 and over doesn't mean that responsibility stops. They're still your children. So, and if they're right. in your home, you're still very responsible for what they're bringing into the home. Right. And that's that was one of the things, too, that we kept saying with Brianna is that you live in our home and you're not going to disrespect our home this way. And by this point, Brian and I, through our lives, as you all know, our stories of mm -hmm. uh, the ups and downs getting to that point in our marriage, we were fighting to stay in church because you've got these ups and downs and you're constantly looking at the downs thinking, how is this even of God? And I had to remind myself that the downs aren't of God, but because he's there with me, I can make it through those down times. So I never gave up hope that life was going to get worse or better or whatever. Just I knew God was there. 
that's all I had to rely on. Yes, yes. And so during this time, we're we're honoring and respecting our home as this is, you know, this is a godly home, and you're not going to bring this in because not to get too deep into spiritual warfare with everything, but this is truly a spiritual warfare. When that individual, whether it be a child or a spouse or a parent even, pops that first pill or takes that first drink, that is the door that has been opened. Yes. And once that door has been opened, um, the devil literally kicks it in. He doesn't sneak his way in. He doesn't tiptoe around that door to sneak into that room. He flat out just kicks it open and everything that comes along with addiction, like I said earlier, the lying, the cheating, all of that comes with it. And those are all spirits. Those are not just that. That is not just, oh, well, she's an addict. Mm -hmm. No, your child, your spouse, your parent, your friend, your sibling, whoever it might be, they are being directly attacked by the enemy. Yes. And it's not easy to sit back and watch. It's not easy to live it. But I will tell you that it's a fight. And, Dad, I know you and I have had conversations where when we were going through that with Brianna in 2016, when I went in her room to pray for her room before I walked in, I felt that spiritual heaviness Mm -hmm. because I knew that we were going into battle. I knew that we were walking into, and when I say I was standing at that door by myself, but God was around me. He was, the Holy Spirit was surrounding me, and we were walking into a battleground. Yes. Mm -hmm. We've got but to, I say that we must. Ahead, I'm sorry. We have to remember that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. They're, but against darkness and principalities, that's right. and that, that's, yes, that's what that's what it is. And, and for anyone that is struggling with addiction, find someone in your church, find someone in your family who will pray with you, because addiction isn't just to be dealt with with therapy and with rehab. But my hat, my hats off to those those types of situations sure. to the rehab facilities sure. and to the um the doctors that prescribe for the right medications um for the addicts I, I i appreciate what those people do on a daily basis and i could never thank them enough for how they've helped brianna through the, this latest thing but i will tell you that that's not the the only answer that's out there you have right. got to rely on your spiritual families whether again that be in your church, that be in your um, your friend base, or or wherever you might find that spiritual leader, to just be your prayer warrior, mm-hmm. because it, it is a spiritual battle. It it's it's way more than what we see face to face with it. You get um, quite an education, don't you? When you yes, I've learned a lot. This. I've learned a lot. I yes. can tell. Yes. Um, but I will also say that it, back to going through their purses and going through their phones, and you probably bought that phone for them. <laughs> so go through that phone. Go through their drawers. Yes. There, There is a sense of privacy that you don't want to interrupt. I appreciate that. I did with her as a 21-year-old new mom. I didn't want to interrupt her life and think that I was being nosy, but I had to. I had to. It was either that or I was going to lose my daughter. Um, That night that we walked out on her and told her she was not allowed back at our home until things went, until she got some help, was the night that she um, smoked meth for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
And the devil automatically said, well, if you hadn't kicked her out of your house, she wouldn't have done that. No, not true. She made that choice. Right. Right. She would have made that choice regardless of what decision had been made that night because that was the path that Brianna was on. Well, Satan always comes back. He's the accuser of the brethren. And so anytime you make a, a strong decision like that, he's going to say, well, you're, you are uh, over-religious, you're a zealot, you, you're just trying to be uh, something that you don't even know what you're talking about. And that's, that's just the way he works. But that's all right. We know who we are in Christ. Right, right. Um, we battled, um, and I say we, Brianna doesn't battle addiction alone. No, no addict is alone because it affects your family. It affects Absolutely. your friends. I'll be honest and tell you that it affects my relationships with my friends because it was embarrassing. And I use was as in past tense because I've since learned that I'm not the one who's making those That's choices. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't have... I don't have a right to be embarrassed. Um, I have a right to stand up for my daughter and say my daughter's made some really bad choices, but she's not this person mm-hmm. when she's clean and sober. This is the addiction that she has um, given into. Yes. But I understand that it does ruin your relationships with your friends, even as a family member, because you do feel embarrassed and you want to crawl under that rock. And mm-hmm. I remember Brian and I saying many times, like, I just want to crawl up on the couch under a blanket and go to sleep. And I can't tell you how many nights during all of this that we didn't even really speak to each other because what is there to say? What what more can you say than mm-hmm. what you what than what's already been said? Christy, I want to I want to just pause here for a moment because listening to you and 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 I know that that there are parents there are people that's going to listen to this. One of the things that's the hardest for us in life is feeling the shame of failure that we should be able to control some things you know we feel Mm -hmm. like if we can control it we can fix it and at those times when it's amazing how in life we finally get to that place and and i i think that's where the real warrior comes out in us in situations is when we realize we can't fix someone we don't have the ability to make it any different. This is what life is. And people around you, so many people are so embarrassed by things that's going on in their life, in their family. They feel so ashamed. And that shame will keep us imprisoned. And then other people will never be set free because we're embarrassed to ever let them know that, hey, this happens to pastor's kids, to pastor's grandkids, to mm-hmm. to someone that works in the office with you, someone that you see in church on the other side of church. It happens in life. It doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's not uh, just for the rich and it's not for the poor. It's for the in-between. It's for everyone. The enemy is always out to try to steal life. And so thank you, Christy, for being so open and saying those moments when you felt that you are so embarrassed how am I going to go on because I've been that way and many that's listening can say I've been so embarrassed I can't even defend this situation Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say I don't know what to do and all you want to do is curl up somewhere and die but you don't you pick yourself back up I want to add to that and I know that we're getting close on time but I want to add to that that do not Please, as a parent, as a a family member of an addict or a friend of an addict, please do not ever compare yourself to anyone on social media. 
please don't compare That's compare good. yourself to That's your neighbor good. or to your coworker's life because let me tell you every life has been addicted by addiction in some form or fashion. Yes. It may not be their child or it may not be their parent or their mm-hmm. sibling. It might be a nephew, it might be a niece, it might mm-hmm. be my best friend's brother. It, it it could be anybody. But please don't do that because Brian and I made the uh, mistake of doing that because here's all of these kids going off to college. You know, oh look, you know, Sally's going off to college for her third year and she's going to be a doctor and well, you know what? My daughter's a drug addict. <laughs> Beat that one, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, and and it's okay to accept that. Um, mm-hmm. When Brianna left for rehab this last time, I started writing a little bit of a journal, and then got busy raising a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So I kind of let the journal fall by the wayside. But I started it with my daughter's an addict. There, I said it. Yeah. And we have to accept that too. We're not accepting their behavior. We're not accepting what they're doing we're accepting them as a person my daughter brianna martin is an addict Mm -hmm. but i love her and i will fight with her to the end on this and we still fight we still fight to this day and we will probably always have that little devil in the back whispering to her i just do this i just do that and daily it's a struggle and it's a fight because it's she she starts her days with prayer because you have to um, but it's okay to accept them as an addict. It's okay to accept them for who they are um, because they're still your child. They're still yes. your, whatever the relationship yes. might be. They're still just that person. And you, um, and you know the possible, well, not just the possibility, you know that as you keep warring, as you keep fighting for your child and you keep seeing that she wants somebody to fight for her. She's so thankful that she has that and that hope and that knowing that she does not belong to to drugs that is right. not who she belongs to that's what has happened in her life but that does not define who she is and we will not allow her to be that's not who she is it's just not and i believe that brianna is going to be she's going to win this thing she's going to keep on and we're going to look back in a few years and it's going to be five and then it's going to be 10 years and 20 and we're going to keep encouraging her because she has a team around her and that mom that's talking right now chris martin is an amazing strong warrior of god mm-hmm. that loves her daughter and, and is fighting hard for her and fighting hard for other daughters and other sons that are out there and parents feel so overwhelmed and they feel like they failed but chris we're going to wind this down in a few moments and if you will we want to come back with a part two because your story, Brianna's story, Brian's story, the family's story is this has just begun because there's a lot that has happened, a lot that's going on, but there's such hope. You know, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's such, such hope here. Uh, but I, I want us to jump just a little bit because we have four year, uh, we, have, we have Gracie. Mm-hmm. And then we now have Naomi. So tell us a little bit how, you know, you have two grandbabies. And then we're going to come back on, on our part two. And we want our guests to come back a following Sunday and listen again to to more hope and what, what God is in the motion of doing. Because God is doing some amazing things. And we will, yes. we will yeah. never, ever accept anything but that. And right. so... Uh, I want you to just kind of tell us a little bit. Let's jump just a little bit over to Naomi. What I want to say real quick before we get to Naomi is to those people that are listening tonight, 
that um, find yourself a good group, um, a good group to for your family to go to, um, a good friend that will listen, and don't give up hope. As long as your child, your family member is um, breathing, there's hope that that addiction will not be in the forefront of their mind for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So I yes. just, I, I just yes. offer, I, I just want to offer hope yes. that, yes. Um, and, and not only through, through Christ and through your relationship with Christ, because that's the ultimate hope right there. That's the ultimate foundation and the ultimate hope that we've lived on. But I also want to say that for yourself as a human being, allow yourself to break down, mm-hmm. allow yourself to cry, yes. allow yourself to be human Amen. But don't give up hope because Amen. hope is, is what right. we hold on to. Yes. Amen. So jumping to my, my beautiful grandbabies, um, Naomi is will be two on Thanksgiving Day. Um, she is a miracle. She, um, while Brianna was pregnant with her, Brianna was using. And um, Naomi is a complete miracle. Um, her whole life story is a miracle. And that's probably something that I'll share more in part two. Because it, when we left, when I left off in 2016, we still had, we still have four years to cover, and there's four years of ups and downs. And Naomi's coming into this world is a miracle in and of itself. And um, not that birth isn't, not that childbirth isn't, not that um, having a child isn't um, a miracle of any sort, but it is. Um, Naomi almost wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that uh, we like to think that Papa B, we always say Papa B saved her life, but God through Papa B, that's what they call Brian, um, yes. saved Naomi's life. Yes. And that's part of a, like I said, that should probably be a part two so we can see what led up to that. Okay. I think the um, listeners are going to, are going to want to yes. listen to part two because... Aren't we glad that our hope is in Jesus? Aren't we glad that he never says, oh, you're just an addict and that's all you are? No, he sees so much more than all of those that are out there that feel so uh, trapped into something that they really are not. And uh, there is hope in Jesus. Christy, thank you so much for sharing with us and with the listeners. I know that they're going to want to hear more because, you know, it's all about the fact that we serve a Jesus that is a redeemer. Yes, we all live in this world. We all have troubles. We all have struggles. We're human beings. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would like to think that we had the perfect family. Well, the only thing perfect in our family is the Lord Jesus Christ that lives in us. And so we have to accept that and we keep striving every day, you know, for God God to just work through us and and in us Mm -hmm. to the world around us. And so before we go, we're going to we're going to pray and uh, I'm going to ask you, Tiffany, to pray for all the mothers and fathers and the teenagers and all of those that's out there uh, that God will just minister to them tonight. Yes. Amen. Father, we come before you this evening, God, and we just we praise you and we thank you, Father, for for the lives that for saving Brianna's life, Father, first of all, and and the and the babies, Father. And I thank you for the courage that she yes. is she is uh, using right now father to better herself yes. as she struggles god and we just pray blessings upon her and healing for her father and, and i thank you for the the mighty parents that she has god who have stood strong father with her and for her and and lord i just pray for our listeners right now that uh that may be 
are some way in some way affected by by someone who has an addiction of some sort father and i pray that that the words that have been shared in this podcast will touch their hearts that will 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 just minister to them father and and help them know that there is a way out that there is hope father and that our hope is always in you and god i just pray father that that the listeners will be touched by this god and and that they will seek the help that they need father and that people will be put in their paths father that can help them walk the journey um for this and we just thank you for this opportunity in jesus name amen amen thank you well can i I, add one thing really quick sure for anyone that um needs a shoulder or needs a friend and and someone that understands um please reach out to um the podcast and figure out a way to get a hold of them and and i already told them give them give away my number i'm more than happy to talk to anybody because um I just know I know where parents are, and I just want to be there for them the way that I've had people to rely on as yeah, well. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Well, until the next time we meet again at the table with Darlene, may the God of peace rule and reign in your hearts and in your lives. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.